Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Bricks and Mortar with Sarah Jackman. Today I'm joined by Lisa Tai and Catherine Jump, partners at Shoesmiths, who together run the firm's planning department and attribute their success to their job share, which has been running now for 15 years and has seen them move job as a pair three times. Lisa, Catherine, thank you very much indeed for joining me today. It's lovely to have you on the podcast. Post-pandemic, we've heard a lot about flexible working. It's It's been a phrase that people are talking about a huge amount. I think it's fair to say that's often associated with perhaps working from home or doing some flexible hours over the course of the week. Tell me a little bit about why you feel job sharing remains underutilised? Well, I think in, in the most part, it's because not a lot of people are doing it and you don't see that many people who do it successfully. So until you get a bit of momentum behind it and lots more people doing it, I think that's why you don't see it currently. Obviously, we would be, but we're big fans of the way of working for lots of different reasons. I mean, it started out of crisis really for us. <laughs> when you say crisis, um, tell me a little bit about how you started job sharing. What what was the prompt? So we both worked together full time and the prompts were each having our first babies and coming back and trying to still work full time with young babies in it at the time of very full on long houred jobs and something had to give. And I think there was a point at which I started thinking, I think I'd rather uh, stack shelves in Tesco's because I can't cope with this. I think I took Lisa to the pub and uh, we'd seen, hadn't we, an article in The Lawyer or something about London-based people job sharing. And I kind of passed her the article and went, what ah, do you think, could you maybe? <laughs> and like, she didn't, but an eyelid, she was just like, yes, you know, how do we make that work because we still were ambitious and loved our jobs but literally there isn't 95 hours in a day and for us we were so fortunate that we were each other's obvious solution that we knew we got on and worked well together so we had that option. Tell me a little bit then about where you were in your careers at that point I mean you mentioned it was very busy but were you at partnership level at that point or were you putting in the hours trying to get up to partnership level? Yeah we were quite junior really. We were quite junior I think it was first promotion time so we were maybe five six six seven years qualified something like that and we both we, we actually both started our careers in local authorities where in some ways it might have been easier to to kind of do do this from the get-go. But we'd moved into private practice in the early 2000s before we started our families. And I think that was, it was the combination of that. We saw lots of women leaving the profession, leaving the firm we were working at during that time. Yeah, all, all, all alternative. A lot of women a few years older than us with sort of junior age children who would almost boast about the fact they weren't kind of known to their children's other friends and, and, and had predominantly sort of house husband type arrangements. They were all in with work. And we didn't want that either, did we? And we didn't have that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we didn't have that as well. (laughs) An opportunity then to redress the balance. And 
I guess, form a, a new sort of partnership together. How did you present that to your workplace at the time? We had to write a kind of a statement of how it could work. What happened was the firm we were at, we tried to present it to as an option and it didn't work there. So we end, that was our first move then as a pair. But when we were trying to get that understood, are you going back 15 yeah. years? The conversations were very different and it was it was quite brick wall blank looks from people who just couldn't get their heads round how the whole thing would work. And the conversation has moved on so much now that it's almost hard to remember how hard it was to have at that time. Hardly anybody even did four days, did they? And even no. the four day people would spend 12 hours on this, kind of the last day of each week doing the work for the next day so they could be off was the only kind of model of flexible working that there was. So I guess you're right. It was just so far out of anybody's kind of known yeah. experience. So we did, we, we wrote something trying to explain how yeah. it would work. But then the reality was that then the move that we did as a job sharing pair was actually really easy because it was to, to a place where there was somebody we knew who was like sponsoring us almost yeah. by being an advocate for us. So that made it easier. We were also going to a place that was run by somebody who did employment law. And I think he kind of got the concepts maybe a lot better yeah. than others would do. So it kind of actually felt very easy. The difficult thing at that time was that it was 2008 and it was literally just as Lehman Brothers went under that we made that we move. both had second babies, didn't we? Yeah, and then point, straight yeah. away went to a new job. Yeah. So we'd left to go on mat leave. The world was still rich and fruitful. And we arrived October 2008. <laughs> absolute tumbleweed. But yeah. in reality, that was the making of us because we had no work. And so we were really forced as a pair to go out build our network, meet clients, get our own work. And really, I, I attribute the subsequent multiple sort of promotions and ultimately getting where we are now by we had some headspace and time because of what happened in 2008 to really do that. And really, those relationships are the bedrock of our client following mm. now, aren't they? But that also enabled us to do the job share in the way that we'd envisaged. We did three days a week, so there'd be a Wednesday overlap where we would do all of the kind of marketing and going out and seeing people as a pair that we needed to do, but also do a kind of quite effective, like literally sliding files from one side of the desk to the other. We're still doing paper things on paper then. <laughs> Here you go. It's your half of the week. So I think, yeah, the financial crisis actually really, really benefited us and the job share and gave it its kind of kickstart, really. How does it work on a practical day-to-day -day level? I mean, you mentioned that overlap day and the need to go and present yourselves as a pair and, I guess, do the marketing work that's required as part of the role. But tell us a little bit about how it works practically. Well, it has kind of evolved over time. When we were sort of more jobbing lawyers, it was really, as Lisa's described, that I would start on a Monday doing the 
six, seven hours, whatever it was of actual fee earning legal work and planning a bit of business development activities, going to whatever internal client meetings were on those days, that's Monday, Tuesday. Then Wednesday, we'd both be in the office. Because it was also no working at home at this point. Well, it was five days of presenteeism. So then on a Wednesday, Lisa would come and we'd have that sort of filler in on what had happened. But in reality, there's not too much having to verbally update each other because we've always been copied in on all the emails. So the person who's at home always had half an eye really on what was and was that we've never been the kind of pair who has the out of office, my emails won't be monitored, kind of leave me alone till Monday. So we always had a bit of a sense of what was going on. So Wednesdays were always quite full on days, weren't they, of going yeah. around, seeing people, being a team, even though we were always one person, but we had that kind of, we could flex yeah. sort of our critical maths. And then I would finish on a Wednesday, Lisa would carry on, do me a note on Friday, I'd pick up, and, and so the weeks would pass. And for a long time, it was just like that. What changed really was when we became partners nearly 10 years ago mm. and we started having teams then because of sort of efficiencies, we now do a lot of our fee-earning work with a junior rather than sharing it with ourselves. So the job share collective jobs are more now the management and the business development side. Yeah. We don't actually share a lot of fee-earning client relationship work, do we? But that we could cover each other if we need to, but that seems to happen less and less. Yeah. I think there's different ways of job share being utilised. Yeah. I think that's it depends on the two individuals apart from anything else and how they work together. But sometimes it can be for quite specific periods in people's lives. I think we're maybe a bit more unusual in being a kind of living, breathing job share that's changed along with our roles evolving as time has moved on and, and as we've got more senior. So I think there's different different ways of it being used. We look around at there's quite a few junior transactional lawyers here doing real estate transactions where it's really hard for people to work part time. And so for us, job share is the solution to that. But trying to pair people up, it's almost like matchmaking. It's like you know, a marriage. Yeah, it? it is like a marriage. And we've said sometimes, you know, we're more important to each other sometimes than our actual husband. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. They won't listen. <laughs> but, um, people have said about us, oh, I've, I've told Catherine this. What, how come you know it? And sometimes it is literally just by osmosis almost and it's being in tune with somebody else. And you have to be very lucky to find that in somebody else. I don't think job share is something that can be imposed on anybody. It kind of needs to work with the two individuals concerned. But when it does work, it's so brilliant, both for the organisation and for you as individuals. I think that's why we want to promote it as a possibility. It's not that it's the be all and end all by any yeah, means. I think that's kind of the magic fairy dust bit for me and and starting with it was born out of sheer survival how am I actually going to stay earning any money at all as a lawyer if the option is stacking shelves in Tesco's because I just have to be home some of the time but I would never have in a million years have thought we'd ever be made partners or run a national team and it and it's sort of the support that Lisa's given me the encouragement we give each other that kind of two heads better than one thing 
being able to be a bit flaky on a day and be having somebody there to like lift you up so that there's a constant level of high performance that you don't get with one person because we're all human but we're actually two humans <laughs> so that's given us a, a confidence that I don't think we'd otherwise have mm. had I don't know that sounds slightly a bit wishy-washy but I think that's the reality of what's been so good for us about it talk me through what the benefits have been over the years I mean you you mentioned it was born out of survival and you know it's it's elevated itself to something different but what are the benefits I guess both from your perspective but also from a corporate perspective as well I think individually from a personal perspective it's the ability to switch off and to know that if you're not in the office somebody's got your back somebody can respond to things and it's really easy to just make a five minute call to Catherine and say I need you to do this this and this and you know it will be done what I've seen in people working part-time is that anxiety on the day off if you haven't got anybody covering your back on that day so I think that's what it's really given it gave us particularly in, in those early days when you've got kids that aren't at school you can't do any work you're running around after a toddler or you know you're kind of trying to do a million different things at once but when you have a little bit of time it's freed up time for us to have a life outside of work and to give time whether that's to the home or to anything you want to do yourself it's really given us that space but from a business perspective we've said it before the two brains are better than one it's just inbuilt collaboration. The number of times where you kind of, particularly if you, you're kind of trying to answer a knotty planning law problem or, you know, you're kind of really trying to do something that's difficult to be able to kind of get so far with something and then go, here it is. Can you just have a look at this? Am I on the right lines? And I, I know people do that with their peers and people do that in the office, but we just do it all the time naturally. So whatever we produce always has the benefit of two people having thought about it. And I think that that is incredibly powerful. Just from a practical level, holidays and days off, we as a pair are not yeah. off on holiday for two weeks of the year. There's always cover. So I think it definitely gives that. And it, it gives that proper human thing. I've seen people get stuck in their own head, especially when you look at management type things, which lawyers aren't actually trained to do we're not trained to be <laughs> managers but then suddenly really brilliant lawyers are put in charge of teams of people and I think that's a really hard thing to do but when there's two of you doing it I think it's just done generally with a bit more compassion and a bit more of a I hesitate to say a female way of doing things because that's not really what I mean but it's it's just that emotional intelligence I think that inevitably two of you bring because you you're a check and balance on it yeah. on each other it sounds very appealing both from an individual and a corporate perspective but I'm, I'm guessing there are barriers to adoption tell me a little bit more I know we've, we touched briefly at the outset on some of those but tell me a little bit about some of the I guess common misconceptions or or reason why it's not adopted so widely I suppose the first obvious elephant in the room is you're only having three fifths of the pay, aren't you? So you first of all have got to two people who can actually afford and, and want to arrange their life in a way that that doesn't involve a full time 
income. And I think now, particularly after COVID, as you alluded to at the beginning, there is innate flexibility in work now. But I think that doesn't then undermine all this additional value of benefits that we've just been talking about in terms of the confidence, the having somebody to cover you on your non-working days. I still think to some extent people are muddling through and I suppose we feel, we berate ourselves a bit that we haven't shouted louder before kind of about what it what it is and the benefits that can bring to men and women who are just looking for some more flexibility in a way that doesn't endlessly feel like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul in terms of how you're carving up your time. I think as Lisa said, there's a thing about pairing the pairs and how you go about that. And I have been talking to some companies who either the BBC I know actually have active lists of people who want to job share and they try and marry people together. Or somebody contacted me last week on the back of a LinkedIn post we did. They're advertising an actual role as a job share, whether two people who already know each other want to apply together or individual people. So it's just about people saying this road role is available to be done on that way and you still don't see that very mm. much. Is there a practical issue for example if either one of you decided that you perhaps wanted to go off in a slightly different direction or you wanted to step back up to full time or you know does it create a potential issue a little bit further down the road? I think that goes back to what it's right for different people at different times of their career. It just so happens for us that we've never been in that position, but we've had conversations about yeah. it. And, you know, what if we'd never want to hold either of us back if we wanted to do something different? But it, it has suited us at all our different kind of stages. But I think it is something that you can just do for a for a short period or you can step back into when you need to. So I don't think it needs to be constrained by that. It just needs a lot of communication. I think that's the key. And that that's why it has to be the right two people as well, because it needs to be two people capable of communicating with each other um, and just honesty and transparency through the process. And so long as you have that, it can flex. Law's very client-facing industry. I mean, how, how have people typically responded to it? In a really brilliant yeah, way. I think absolute vast majority. Yeah. What we I think what we found at first was it it was more colleagues and management in the places we were working that had far more doubts about it than the clients who kind of we've worked for a, I mean, we like like working for nice clients. <laughs> I mean, obviously everybody does. But we've managed to find quite a lot of those really supportive, nice clients along the way who have seen the benefits from the start. And that kind of thing of speaking to one person on a Monday and getting the same service on a Friday is just it has been really powerful. I think in the whole of the time we've been doing it, we can recall one person yeah. who really, really wanted to undermine it and really couldn't see it. Needless to say, 
he was slightly old school. Yeah. You know, of a certain. You were trying to trick us age. by asking us the same question yeah. on different day days and comparing and contrasting our answers. Yeah. <laughs> but he never got anywhere with it. <laughs> and we don't. The, the thing is, with that, we don't always say the same things. You know, we don't always. We're not the same person. We're not the same person. We don't always necessarily conclude the same things, but the answer will be really well thought through because it's been through two people I think is um is the best way to put it and we've we've definitely benefited from our different approaches we definitely have different strengths as everybody does and this enables you to take the strengths of two people and put them together that's generally what the clients get and that's why it I think works so well you've obviously both progressed really well in your careers during the job share period I mean you've you've gone from fee earning and worked your way up to partnership and now head of department to what extent can you attribute that to the job share I attribute 100%. 100%. 100%. there's no way I think I would have navigated my way through it or had the confidence to take the leaps we have alone I just could never see it just just me and you know it's a really hard job the fee earnings hard the management hard everything about it takes such a lot yeah and I think with particularly at the the years when you've got little kids I would have got lost in the weeds yeah. it's also so much more enjoyable to do it with yeah. somebody else I've you know we there's there's people around the business and I've said to them I feel really sorry for you having to do this this bit of the job on your own because it's so much easier and I think people are quite envious of our you know it's inbuilt coaching mentoring support all the rest of it that that we just get naturally and sometimes forget that other people don't have that and it's their lives are so much less enjoyable the job is much less enjoyable as a result you've obviously made a huge success of it and Presumably the firm in in response has supported you through that journey. I mean, to what extent has it been adopted more widely within the firm? And and how often do you meet other people who job share? Or or do you feel quite unique on your journey? We still feel quite unique. Yeah. It hasn't been. And I think we we slightly blame ourselves for that. I think we've alluded to the fact that, you know, there's still a little bit of a stigma. The law is still quite a traditional profession. There's still quite a bit of stigma about even working part-time and how committed are you to the cause if you're working part-time. And, you know, there are still some quite old school attitudes. So I think for quite a lot of the beginning period, we were just grateful that we were able to carry on (laughs) doing a job that we really loved and didn't want to leave, but without having to make huge sacrifices in terms of being able to spend time with our kids as they were growing up and so I think we were so grateful for it we slightly hid under the bushels and I think it's only as we've hit well we both hit 50 a couple of years in the <laughs> this last is part of our midlife crisis <laughs> it is part of our what's our legacy you know what do we want to say but it I think it takes you getting to a sufficiently senior position to feel able to speak out about it and actively promote it. So Shoesmith is is really good in terms of its acceptance, but it's been, as most organisations are, relatively passive about, you know, how we've got to where we've got to. We've pushed for it every step of the way. And so 
I think the the kind of turning that round into active promotion of it is definitely something we want to do in the next five, 10 years yeah. to shout about it a bit more. So there aren't any other job sharing senior lawyers at this firm, but there aren't many in the legal profession generally. Um, so that's not to say there are none. There are definitely some pairs around, but not as many as I think there, there could be. Given the current spotlight on flexible working, do you think now is the time for more firms to be looking at job shares and and perhaps starting to take them a little bit more seriously? Yes, definitely. The workplace has changed so much, hasn't it? Massively accelerated by the pandemic and the kind of the office working environment has changed beyond recognition from even four or five years ago. So I think as part of that, all organisations are really trying to get the head round hybrid working, how they enable people to have work-life balance as people come through that are asking for different things than previous generations in terms of wanting time to do things for themselves, which is really brilliant. And, And I think firms need to accommodate that. Job share is just one model it's the one we promote because it's the one we do but I wouldn't want to do that at the expense of all other models because different things work for different people. I think currently we have a lot of people and you see a lot of people doing four days which I think you can do as long as you are supported with the cover on your one non-working day but where the job share I think comes in is the next level of that If, if in fact you only want to do three days two days is really hard to find people to cover and it's quite a long expanse of time or you're in out in out all week which we're not sure entirely works Mm. so I think from a retention point of view three days should be more on the table but I think three days works as a job share and that's kind of the new part part of this I think. For anyone listening to this today who is perhaps thinking actually a job share might be right for me and it might suit their stage of life they might be looking for more flexibility and this model might be the one for them how should they approach it with their employer i think if you want to do it from an existing kind of point of employment you need to try and find your other half i think would be the first thing to do and then to present it as a pair i think there are a number of questions that I remember having to answer at the start that were almost to the point of ridiculousness that, you know, well, who's going to answer the phone on that day? And who's, you know, how do how do we, what do we call you? And think of all of those possible questions that can be thrown back at you. But yeah, it's about thinking whatever the job role is on a practical day-to-day level, how would you share it and how could that work? Because we have things that, you can do that aren't time critical one of you can have responsibility for those where there are other things where you need to be reactive every day of the week so you both need to know about I think in any role work out what those are yeah doesn't work like this but you could have roles where you very much specifically you do one element of it and the other person does a different element so it's think about how you would carve up the various roles what would be shared because you need to avoid duplication obviously as much as possible Really interesting insights there. Thank you both so much for joining me today and wish you the very best of luck on your journey in terms of promoting it. It's been a really fascinating insight.
Thank Thanks you very much. That was Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. For more on developing a career in real estate, see the archive of the Bricks and Mortar series at podbean.com and EG Radius at egi.co.uk.